0: Welcome to the St. Michael Advent Podcast Series. My name is Andrew Grosso, and I will be leading our meditation today. Our theme this Advent is, Prepare the Way. Join us as we ready ourselves for the coming of Christ once again. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Our reading today comes from the Gospel according to Matthew, the 24th chapter, verses 45 through 51. Jesus said to his disciples, Who then is the faithful and wise slave whom his master has put in charge of his household to give the other slaves their allowance of food at the proper time? Blessed is that slave whom his master will find at work when he arrives. Truly I tell you, he will put that one in charge of all his possessions. But if that wicked slave says to himself, My master is delayed, And he begins to beat his fellow slaves, and eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour that he does not know. He will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Here ends the reading. This reading comes from one of the more provocative sections of Matthew's Gospel. Biblical scholars often refer to the section of Matthew as the Little Apocalypse. It's little because it's only two chapters long, and it's an apocalypse because much of the language and the imagery in these two chapters is similar to what we find in texts like the book of Revelations. Jesus talks about the desecration of the temple, the appearance of false messiahs, terrifying destruction in the natural order, and ultimately the judgment of the nations. This kind of language and imagery can make us uncomfortable. Not only does it seem strange and hard to understand, it also seems rather harsh and uncompromising. We tend to be suspicious of anyone who presumes to speak about judgment, especially ultimate judgments. But if we feel this way, we need to remember a few things. The first thing we need to remember is that it is Jesus himself who speaks to us. This is not some false messiah. This is not someone setting himself up as a prophet who presumes to speak on his own authority. This is the one who speaks only what he hears his father speaking and who does only what he sees his father doing. This is not one who comes to us with a word about God. This is the one who comes to us as himself, the word of God incarnate. Now I recognize some might want to argue this point and to suggest it's not Jesus who speaks to us, but rather it's the biblical author who puts these words into the mouth of Jesus. I don't believe that argument can be sustained. There may be an interesting conversation to be had there, and if you'd like to have that conversation, I invite you to contact me at your convenience. But for now, I will simply suggest that if we are to understand this passage, we need to hear it as if it comes from the mouth of the Lord himself. The second thing we need to remember when we encounter this kind of language in Matthew's Gospel is that this kind of language is supposed to make us uncomfortable. This kind of imagery is intended to unsettle and shock us, so that we can step back from our comfortable and familiar assumptions and ask ourselves, am I missing something here? Is there a truth here that I have not yet recognized, a truth that has the potential to change the way I see myself and the way I see God? and the way I see the world. These questions have everything to do with how we prepare the way in our lives for the coming of God's reign. What are we living for? What are we preparing for? What is the hope and the expectation to which our lives testify? This brings us to the third thing we need to remember when we encounter the kind of imagery and language we hear today from Matthew's Gospel. The words Jesus speaks may unsettle and shock us, but ultimately these words are intended to reassure us and even to comfort us. Essentially what Jesus says to his disciples is that God's plan for the world will be fulfilled. Things may look rather chaotic, it may even for a time appear as if all hope is lost, but in the end nothing will stand in the way of God's determination to redeem creation and and bring the world to its intended consummation. It is ultimately the sense of assurance that should condition the way that we prepare our lives for the coming of God's reign. Do we live with uncertainty and with cynicism, or do we live with faith? Are our lives governed by despair and by fear, or are our lives shaped by hope? Are we trapped by bitterness and indignation, or are we able to love? The words Jesus speaks to us today are a reminder that ultimately it is only these three that abide—faith, hope, and love—and the greatest of these is love. Let us pray for the grace to hear all that Jesus says to us. Let us pray for the grace to allow ourselves to be unsettled, so that we might better order our lives in ways that help prepare us for the fulfillment of his promises. Amen. Forever and ever. Amen. Stir up your power, O Lord, with great might and come among us. And because we are sorely hindered by our sins, let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory now and forever. Amen.